You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Ah, you know, I'm not too shabby over here. How about yourself? Same, not too shabby. Doing well. How was your week? It was great. It was great. And continuing to see the market pick up and lots of buyers getting their offers accepted and a lot of optimism right now, I'd say. Yeah, it's still, obviously, it's still a... um it's still a seller's market right now. Um, I, I guess the question that uh, I'm sure you're receiving, I know a buddy of mine who is a, uh, a very successful real estate agent, is is the question he gets all the time. I was just having coffee with him. Is, is, is He says, people are wondering, when are the tides going to turn? When are the tables going to turn? When will it level off before it totally turns to be a buyer's That's market? Anybody's guess. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows. It will it will turn. It will shift, as it always does. But they predicted it would have by now already, and it hasn't. That's why they're the media, and uh, <laughs> they aren't necessarily psychic. So you really have to do what's best for you and your situation. And buying a home or getting a mortgage is a lot of time has an emotional tie to it, whether you're trying to get your family into a better financial situation or move to a better area, better schools. So you really need to not make your decision solely based on the market and more right. based on your circumstance. Then, all right. So then let's go there. Let's talk about like, how about like mortgage escrow accounts? It's a great topic because there's a lot of confusion about it. So I think we should dive into that here today. All right. Then let's start with the most basic of the questions. Uh, let's start off with what exactly is the purpose of a mortgage escrow account? So as we'll talk about, not all mortgages have escrow accounts, but I would say the majority do. And what an escrow account is, is an account that's going to accumulate money to pay your taxes, insurance, flood insurance, things of that nature. And your mortgage servicing company, the company that you actually make your payments to, they're going to manage that account. So they're going to take money from you as part of your monthly payment, put it in that account. They're going to disperse money out of that account as it actually needs to be dispersed. So how it works is at your closing, at the time that your mortgage is originated, the mortgage company is going to determine how much your property taxes are, your home insurance, if there's flood insurance, and they're going to determine the dates that those need to be paid on. So like the renewal dates or in Connecticut, most towns have taxes on property due twice a year. Some have them due quarterly, but most in Connecticut are due twice a year. So they'll figure out when those payments have to be made and how much money needs to be in there on those particular dates. And then they're going to add typically a cushion. Uh, most commonly, it's a two-month cushion. Mm -hmm. And they're going to do that in order to buffer against any tax increases and things like that that could happen over the year. So that's how it works. So what exactly are the different items that could be paid from an escrow account? So there are several different items that are paid out of there. Most commonly, uh, we see property taxes is, is the number one item. Mm -hmm. okay. Then hazard insurance, which would be like your homeowner's insurance policy. And if you're in an area that 
has flood insurance requirements, you know, areas by Down the water shore, or whatnot, yeah. that'll typically also be paid out of that escrow account. Now, when would when would someone typically set up? When, when would you start setting up the escrow account? So the escrow account is always going to be set up at closing. So whether you're buying or refinancing, it's going to be part of the line items that are going to be collected as part of your closing. Um, it's going to be itemized out. So you'll be able to see on the closing disclosure how much money they're collecting towards taxes, how much money they're collecting towards insurance, uh, any premiums that need to be paid for like your first year of insurance or tax installments that are due. That'll all be itemized on that closing disclosure you'll get at the closing. Where typically does the money come from to set up the escrow account? And how, really, and, and, and how much should you start initially put in? To it. Yeah, so the amount you should put in is really variable. It, it it really depends on how much you should put in as far as where you're at with your property taxes, your insurance, how much they are, when they're due, all that sort of thing that we were talking about. So it'll be lumped in as part of your closing costs. So it's what's called prepaid items. These are the items that have to be prepaid at closing. And one of those items is the prepaid amounts that we were talking about that have to be collected as part of your escrow account. So they will determine how much needs to be collected exactly to hit those thresholds we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, everybody's going to be different depending on exactly when you're buying the house versus when the property taxes are due. Uh, also, when the insurance renewals and things like that will will come about. So as part of the process of tabulating and balancing your closing disclosure, the closing department at your mortgage company, along with your attorney's office or the title company that's facilitating the closing, they're going to determine how much money needs to be collected in order for that to hit those thresholds so there won't be a shortage. And we'll talk about sometimes there are shortages and it can cause problems, but that's going to be lumped in with your closing costs. When you talk about closing costs, typically, if I remember you one time, this is maybe a few weeks back, you said it's approximately 10 grand, let's just say. Okay. <clears throat> sure. If someone doesn't have that 10 grand right up front, does that get thrown into... What your what your mortgage your your financing? So when you're refinancing and you already own the home, then almost all the time it is rolled in. When you're buying a home, however, you're not typically able to do that on any other conventional loans or other types of loans we've talked about on the show. They won't allow you to lump in or roll in, I should say, your closing costs into the mortgage. So as part of your pre-approval process, when you're buying a home, we're going to do that fact find with you on the house you're buying and how much money you have and are you going to have enough? Because these prepaid escrows when you're buying a home can amount to many, many thousands of dollars. Uh, it, it can be quite a lot of money. So it's important that your mortgage advisor tells you up front, hey, here's the total amount you're going to need for closing. When I break it down with my clients, we're actually looking at really two separate items. One is the down payment, mm -hmm. and then one is the closing cost. And that closing cost is going to include these prepaid items and the setup of the escrow account. There are some workarounds. Um, like we've discussed before, you can get money from the seller towards prepaids and closing costs. Absolutely. Uh, that's very common. Uh, if people are short, they'll ask for some money from the seller. Um, the other thing is you can get a lender credit. That can help offset it. What a lender credit is, is you as the buyer or homeowner take a higher interest rate. And by you taking a higher interest rate than you would otherwise get, we're able to credit some money back to you at closing. Now, it's not 
many, many thousands of dollars most of the time. I've seen lender credits be as little as a few dollars up to a few thousand dollars, but you're going to pay a higher interest rate if you get a lender credit. So it's not as common nowadays. I don't see a lot of lender credits being given, and it's usually going to be like we were talking about, a seller paid or a seller concession. Also, we've discussed gift funds on the show before, getting a gift from family. That's really common. So I guess the moral of that that discussion is that if you're going to be short, if you don't have enough money for both the down payment and the closing included with these prepaid items, we need to handle that right up front, like even before you go under contract, because we're going to need to facilitate the gift funds or the the seller credit. That all has to be worked out up front. If you don't figure that till after you're under contract, it's going to spell disaster. Yeah, I mean, I mean, which I find fascinating is that there are some people who put. I think you've even mentioned in the past they put five, six thousand dollars down on a home. And, and and their closing cost is 10. Their yep, closing cost yep, is more than I've they actually that. put down as a down payment. All the time. all the, Especially in Connecticut, because like we were talking about, the escrow account is really a matter of how much are your taxes on the property? Mm-hmm. How much is your insurance on the property? When is that due? So the higher your taxes are, the higher your insurance is, the more money you're going to need for this stuff. And in Connecticut, as you know, a lot of towns and, and cities, the taxes can be quite high. So that really is what makes it so the closing costs, especially these prepaid items, can be more than your down payment in some cases. Again, depending on the town you're buying in and the exact amount of the taxes, like we were talking about flood insurance, if that's included, that's more money. You so need is that to come extra cash that ha- they have to have in the bank? Where's yeah. that money? Com- where's that money coming from? It's like I said, lumped in with the closing costs. So it either needs to be in the bank ready to go or in an account retirement or wherever you're getting money coming from the seller as a concession or as a credit to you towards closing or from a gift. Those are really the three main options that you have. Like I mentioned the lender credit, but I want to really be clear that the lender credit is not a very commonly used item because you're going to take a higher rate. So you're going to pay a higher interest rate for the entire life of that mortgage, which could be a long time just to get maybe $500 or $1,000 back at closing. It usually doesn't make sense. I'm curious, though, are are escrow accounts, are they required for all mortgages? They're not required on all mortgages. So conventional mortgages, if you're putting more than 20% down, escrow accounts are not required. You will need to tell your loan officer or mortgage advisor if you want or don't want escrow. Now, I have this conversation very early in the process with my clients that are putting more than 20% down on conventional. We'll discuss whether they want the escrow account or not. Many opt not to take it. But that's conventional loans. If you're taking a government loan, which for a lot of first-time buyers, especially those that have lower credit or lower income, uh, the government loans like FHA loans, VA loans, or USDA loans, those in all cases I've seen require that you actually have an escrow account. You don't have the ability to say, no, I don't want it. Even if you're putting more than 20% down on an FHA loan, you still need an escrow account. It's required regardless. It's just one of those rules. You may be able to, however, ask for it to be removed after you've paid on that loan for a certain amount of time. Every servicer has different options for that or different uh, guidelines. Um, Most of the ones I've seen are you have to have that account, that mortgage in good standing for at least a year before you could request it to be removed. But 
It's very personal. So every circumstance is going to be different. And you may have paid on a mortgage for a couple of years and they might tell you, no, you can't get rid of that escrow account. When you ask, they'll send you the guidelines of what you actually need in order to get rid of the escrow account. And you have to meet those guidelines. So when someone sits down with you, you have to take into consideration not only how much they're putting down uh, and what their mortgage payment will be, but you've got to factor in taxes, depending mm-hmm. on the town that they're purchasing this house in, the closing cost. There are some towns where the taxes on the house is equal to the same amount as as the mortgages. In other words, if someone's got a, I don't know, let's just for ha someone's got a $1,200 a month mortgage. They could be theoretically be paying twelve hundred. Theoretically, yeah, in, in that taxes. could happen. I mean, typically the higher tax areas or the higher tax properties, you're going to have a bigger mortgage. But to your point, if somebody's buying a six hundred thousand dollar house with fifteen thousand a year in taxes, they might put a huge down payment, and their tax payment per month might be the same as their mortgage payment. Absolutely, but. Normally, that's not the case. Most of the time, the mortgage principal, mortgage interest, and the uh, private mortgage insurance, or MI, PMI, that's usually going to be the bulk of your monthly payment. The property taxes and the insurance, while they could be high, they're usually going to consist of a smaller portion of the mortgage payment than the actual mortgage principal interest. All right, let's just take... let's. Let's come up with any town USA or any town Connecticut. Okay. So let's say someone's got a $1,200 a month mortgage. Okay. Um, typically, and averages, I know you're going to say mm-hmm. it depends on the town. Sure. I already know that. What would taxes be in addition to that $1,200 mortgage? So $1,200 mortgage. mortgage payment, you're talking about that's the actual that's for mortgage. the home for the home principal for the interest so i would say then throw a you know 400 a month on top of that for taxes so it's 4800 a year so that pushes the mortgage to what 1600 at that point okay. then put another 100 to 150 on there for insurance you know hazard insurance if something happened to the property so that then puts you around $1700 out the door in that example you gave but when i quote a client a payment whether it be on a home purchase or a refinance unless they've specifically asked for a, a mortgage without tax and insurance or without escrow and they're putting down that large down payment mm-hmm. which i would say is the minority most people nowadays are not putting 20% down unless they're either wealthy they have a lot of money coming somewhere else so then what's the average i thought we thought 20% was the average no. that's gone down what's I, the average now i don't know now? what the average is but i'll tell you my client average is probably 5% down because you direct them that way well, it's not really even directing. It's giving options and looking at what they have. Nowadays, a lot of people have had challenges saving because of a lot of different factors, uh, just tugging at all the budget strings. So for the majority of home buyers out there, especially first-time buyers, they're scrimping and saving every dime they can. So if I look at somebody's profile and they've got enough to put down 10, 20 plus percent, then we can go that route. But for the majority, they don't, have the, they money. don't have the money to do oh, okay. that. So it depends on the money that they have to put down. If somebody had the money to put 15, 20 yeah, percent down, you, you would encourage the them. I have people put 50 percent down. It comes down to their financial goals. Why we talk about getting getting with that mortgage advisor as early as you can in the process to talk about what are your goals? Do you have a a set payment in mind? 
do you want to avoid the PMI, the mortgage insurance? There's some people that are just like, I'll do whatever it takes. I was told never to pay that PMI. I always want to put 20% down. I'm not here to change your mind or your, uh, you know, how you grew up and what you were taught, your values. If you insist on something, it's your house, it's your finances. I'll do whatever that I can to make it work. But this is why you don't want to do this at the last minute. These are the types of details that can get missed and why you want to really prepare for this as early as you can in the process. I had a client contact me yesterday who's got several hundred thousand dollars he inherited from his grandfather who passed away. And he only wants to put down 5%. He could easily put 20%, but he only wants to put down 5% because he sees in the future some renovations coming up that he may want to do. He's going to be getting married. He has all these financial things in his head he wants to prepare for. And he knows even though he could put 20% down, it would tap him out. So he's choosing to only put 5% down. And that's a conversation we're having even before we're going in for the pre-approval that's like in a very very initial consultation type of uh you know discussion that we're having so i can really retrofit that mortgage to his specific needs and like you alluded to everyone's different we gotta yeah. consider that all right well what are some of the negatives then of having an escrow account so i would say that you know, escrow can be great. And when you look at it on the surface, people like like simplicity. Okay, I can make one payment each month to the mortgage company and they're going to pay it all out. Great, less bills to worry about. That's the really just scratches the surface, but that's why most people take it. That's the positive. The negative, and there is one big negative, especially now in, in 2021, it's a huge negative, which is escrow shortages. So as property values go up, and tax rates go up, the escrow account needs to be flexible in molding to those increases, right? So if you're paying an $1,800 a month mortgage, mm -hmm. but your taxes go up $500 or $1,000 for the year, well, that mortgage can't be $1,800 anymore, can it? It has to go up in order to facilitate the increase in the taxes. So something that we're seeing happen a lot lately. I've probably had a dozen clients in the last couple of months contact me because of something called an escrow shortage. That is the biggest negative to an escrow account is an escrow shortage. Never heard of that. So the way an escrow shortage works is your mortgage servicer gets notified that your taxes have gone up or your insurance has gone up and they reanalyze your escrow account and they realize that not only does your monthly payment not cover all of that, but there's not enough money in there for them to make the payment that they need to make. So what happens is the mortgage company typically will front the money for you. They will take money out of their piggy bank and they will front that shortage to make sure that your taxes get paid, your insurance gets paid. But then what happens next is the part that really pisses a lot of people off, which is they end up getting a letter in the mail or an email that says, your mortgage payment's going up. And people go, wait a second, I thought I had a fixed mortgage. This was a fixed rate. They look at their loan paperwork. It says fixed, what is going on here? Well, they need to now cover the shortage because they fronted you the shortage. So they need to cover that shortage and they need to increase your mortgage payment in addition to that to cover next year's taxes, right? Because the taxes aren't going to go down. They're going to either stay the same or go up. So I've seen people have an escrow shortage and their payment goes up 50 bucks a month. I've seen escrow shortages where payments can go up many hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. And if you think about someone who's on a base salary, they can't work overtime or they're on a fixed income with retirement and they get wind that their mortgage is going up substantially, 
sometimes it can actually make sense to refinance, pay off that shortage, was... and then move forward with the new mortgage at a lower rate, lower payment. I was right about to bring that up. Wouldn't you want to at least consider uh, refinancing? So I, I look at this. I'm learning from you all, all these Absolutely. Uh, all these months here. Uh, folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show uh, along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can check out his website at www.connecticutmortgagelending.com. And if you'd like to call and make an appointment with him, it's 860-413-3938. Um, what about escrow you were talking about escrow refunds you know or, or getting escrow money back so that's the other side of the coin we talked about shortages now let's talk about uh, a fun part of having an escrow account which is an escrow refund because most people don't expect it so escrow refunds are awesome and nobody <laughs> ever expects the money so you're when are you going to get a so whether it be a refinance or selling your home, either one of those, when the loan is paid off, you're going to get a refund. Now, there are certain cases when they analyze your escrow account, if there's too much money in there, mm -hmm. they'll give you a refund. But typically, the escrow refund you'll get when they analyze it, it may be small. It might be five bucks. It might be 50. It might be 100. But as we were talking about, escrow accounts can amount to thousands of dollars. So if you're selling your home or refinancing and paying off a current loan, you may get thousands and thousands of dollars back. I've talked to clients this week. One of them's getting over $3,000 back. Another's getting over $4,000 back in an escrow refund. A lot of people get surprised they're not expecting that money, but expect any time that your mortgage is paid off and you've got that escrow account there and it's got a positive balance, those are the cases where you're gonna get that escrow refund. Um, it can either come as a credit on the closing statement, so mm -hmm. they'll credit it to you as part of the payoff, but that's seldom them the case. Usually you'll have to wait for that refund to come in the mail. I've seen it take anywhere from, I would say three to four weeks after closing that you'll get that refund in the mail. It'll just come as a check to you. And if you're not told by your mortgage advisor about it, you may think, oh wait, this is a mistake. What's going on? Why do I have this money? But basically what's happening is when that mortgage is paid off, whether it's by refinancing or selling your home, that money that's left over in the escrow account, that's your money. You're the one that's paid in to create that account. It's almost like a savings account. So when the account is closed, when the mortgage account is closed, they will do an analysis of that escrow and they will then cut that money back to you because it's your money. Since they're not servicing the loan anymore, they don't need to pay your taxes. They don't need to pay your insurance. The loan is closed. So now they send that money back to you. And typically in the case of getting a new mortgage, specifically refinancing, the amount of the escrow refund will be a wash or close to a wash with that extra money we were talking about. About that they're going to collect at closing costs at the closing. So it can be a really a breath of fresh air and a lifeline for a lot of people because it can amount to thousands of dollars that they weren't expecting. Now, um, every mortgage servicer has different policies on how they'll give you the refund or how long it takes. Like I said, some seldom, but some do give you the money back as part of the payoff of the loan. So let's say your payoff is 200000 but you have a $3,000 escrow account. They'll take the two hundred thousand they'll subtract the three thousand that they owe you mm -hmm. and now you only owe 197 as an example on that payoff the other ones are going to just mail you a check like i said a couple weeks after closing um that'll come addressed to you you can go deposit it in your bank you don't need to ask anyone or do anything that money is free for you to spend as you want 
Um, you can see if you're wondering like, wow, this sounds great. What can I do? How much money do I have available? You can get a fairly accurate amount of what's in your escrow account on your monthly mortgage statement. So if you're paying a mortgage right now and you look at your monthly statement, typically somewhere on that statement, it will say escrow balance or escrow account balance, and it'll have a dollar amount in there. That is the amount you can expect when your loan is paid off to come back to you as that escrow refund. And if you don't see it on your statement, because every mortgage company, credit union, bank has different statements and what they put on there can differ, then what you'll want to do is either go on their website or contact a customer service agent at your mortgage servicer and ask them, how much money is in my escrow account? And they will be able to tell you that. It's an exact amount of money. Some people, though, like we were talking about shortages, if you have a shortage, then you're not going to get any money back from the escrow. How often are escrow accounts even analyzed? So typically an escrow account is going to be analyzed on an annual basis. Uh -huh. And as far as when during the year, mm. it's going to be on the anniversary date of when the mortgage was open. So sense. if you bought your house, for example, in September of 2019, then September of 2020, September of 2021, September of 2022, that's typically when they're going to do it is that one year anniversary of the mortgage. And the way that that analysis is going to work is they have software at the mortgage servicer and they're going to look Look at how much money's in the escrow account, how much taxes due, how much insurance is due, because those items fluctuate, and do we have enough money to pay that? And does the mortgage payment on a monthly basis that this person is making facilitate being able to keep that account up and have enough in there? They'll send you an analysis of the escrow account. It'll show you every single line item of how much money was paid every single month through the last year of that escrow account. And if there is a shortage or an issue and they need to increase your mortgage payment, it'll show you on there the mathematics behind that, the analysis behind that. Now, mm -hmm. I've seen some cases, especially in the last few months, where people's home insurance has gone up or taxes have gone up, and they are told that there's a huge increase increase and they dispute that that increase is correct. So they then contact the mortgage company and uh, I've helped a few clients actually do this and we figure out why, what's the issue, what happened. And several times I've actually found the client switched insurance companies during the year and they forgot to notify the mortgage company. So then the insurance company notified the mortgage company and now the mortgage company paid out two insurances. They paid out your old one and your new one because you forgot to notify them. And usually when we get involved and we look at the analysis and we figure out that's why, it's an easy fix because you'll get a refund back from the old insurance company and then they can fix the escrow account. That'll take care of the shortage we were talking about. But this is why, Gary, having that not only transactional one-time relationship with a banker or loan officer is important, but what about a year later? What about six months, five years, 10 years? If you still have that mortgage, who are you turning to for advice? This is why I do the annual reviews with my clients because this topic of escrow refunds and escrow shortages and escrow accounts in general really comes to the the uh, front of our entire finances when we do these you know annual reviews and we can help fix these problems but if you did a one-time transaction with a local banker you know and you don't know how to reach them they're not working there anymore you don't have their personal cell phone email or any of that then who are you going to turn to for advice it's going to be a customer service rep on an 800 number again why it's so important to have a yeah. seasoned advisor helping and they're not going to know your personal situation exactly it sounds like overall you uh, you encourage a, a mortgage escrow account 
I do. I think uh, in most cases it's good. The ones that I've seen where it doesn't make sense is if you're a very high-income individual, you're very good at budgeting, you have all your finances in order, maybe you can handle it. Otherwise... Get an escrow account. Folks, if you'd like to reach uh, Rob Weinberg here, there's a couple of different things you can do is you can email him at Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Again, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Uh, I would say start though with the website www.connecticutmortgagelending.com. And uh, you may get some of your questions answered. Of course, it may also spark some new questions, but that's good. You can get those answered when you call him, uh, which you can do at 860-413-3938. Let me repeat that phone number for you. 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show. Until next time. Have a good one, everybody. Sorry, I know you can. That's an easy fix. Okay, he can okay. now. He can just go in there and see the dead spot and just right, right, right. I don't know what the hell came over me. I'm not like I'm drinking anything. Maybe it's because I'm not drinking anything. You can do that, right? Yeah. All right. Ooh. All right. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.